This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey, well, how is everybody this evening? Amen. Who's glad to be at church on Wednesday night? This is the best place you could be in all of Barstow, in all of the high desert, in all of Southern California, all of California, anyway. Basically, what I'm saying is you're really smart and you made a great choice tonight. So good job, guys. We're going to go ahead and uh, we got a word for you tonight. And um, my dad's kind of visiting some of the children's classes tonight and hanging out with the little guys and seeing how they're doing, seeing what they're learning. So he asked me to come in and give the message. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is this. The title is The Dangers of Complaining. The dangers of complaining. And now, uh, you know, this may not be one of those shout and run around in circles services, but maybe it will. I don't know. We never know where it's going to go here. But but what I'm saying is tonight, God's going to speak to us and and maybe offer some correction into our lives, because you have to know this, that complaining is a dangerous thing for a child of God to do. First of all, it doesn't help anything at all. It doesn't get you anywhere. And the truth of the matter is, is that it will set you back from where God really wants you to be. And I think that we could all look in our lives and say that we've been guilty at some point or another of complaining. And listen, that doesn't change anything. God doesn't listen to complaints. God listens to prayers of faith. And so, you know, there's nobody in the Bible that came up to Jesus and he said, well, because you've complained, you'll be healed. No, he always said, because of your faith, be healed. And so for us, we've got to realize that we've got to get control of the trap or we're going to get in a whole lot of trouble. And so I want to show you an opening verse here. It's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Look at this. Proverbs 18, verse 21. And if you've been at this church for pretty long. You you probably know this verse, Proverbs 18, verse 21. But you have to realize that there is power in your words. Words are not just, you know, puffs of air that you, you know, blow out into the atmosphere. Your words are powerful things. And let me show you what what is what is written to us here in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue or your mouth or your words can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Do I have anybody here that loves to talk? I know some of you. I know some of you guys. Come on, Rachel. Yeah. Some of you know, and listen, that's fine, but, but check it out. The truth of the matter is this is that we will reap the consequences of the words we speak. So that could be a good thing. That could totally be a good thing, right? If you're speaking words of faith, if you're speaking words of praise, words of thankfulness, if you're just flat out speaking the word of God, listen, you're going to reap the harvest into your life of the words you're speaking. And that could be a super good thing. But unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's a really bad thing because they're speaking negative words. They're speaking words of complaining and it holds them back from where God wants them to be. And so we're going to look at a couple of things here tonight, but I want us to examine our lives. Let's look at ourselves because I want everybody in here to reach God's promised land for their lives. Who, who wants to go to the land of milk and honey? Come on. Who wants to go there? I want to live where God wants me to live. I want to be in the promised land for my life. But if I'm just running my my trap all the time and complaining and, you know, being a little brat, I'm not going to get there, am I? 
No. All right, let's go ahead and open in prayer. We'll get into this. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much. As always, it's an awesome church to come and worship you in. Lord, I thank you that you've blessed us that we have great family surrounding us tonight. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we open the Bible, that you're going to speak to everybody here. Lord, you know where we can do better. You know where we can make changes to be the Christian that you have for us to be so we can walk in the fullness of your blessing. And so I pray tonight that we will listen and receive your word into our lives. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. And so we're talking about Three things tonight. The first one is this. Number one is that complaining makes you weaker. Complaining is going to weaken you in your life. I mean, you can't possibly raise your hand right now and tell me that you think that one of your great strengths is complaining. Like, this guy got the gift of this. This guy's a great singer. I'm a great complainer. That's just the gift that God bestowed upon me is I'm I'm excellent at it. I mean, I've heard some people that do it so much that it sounds like that they're gifted in that area. But listen, complaining is not a gift. That is not a blessing from God. And in fact, I was was reading about this a little bit. Uh, Research shows most people complain about once a minute during a typical conversation. The average person complains about once a minute during a typical conversation. And, and I'm like, man, that's, that, that seems kind of, kind of hard to believe, but I don't know. Try it out tomorrow when you go to work. Say good morning to your coworkers. Hey, good morning. How you doing? No, it's so good about it. I don't know what you're talking about. It's too cold. Last week it was too hot. Who died and made you God? Dude, calm down, bro. Like, I was, I just said good morning. I was looking for a fight. But people, they're so intense and so negative that it's like, it's, it's real, man. People are negative and, and that's why we're, our, our, our wheels in the sand. We're not getting anywhere because God doesn't listen to complaints. There is no complaint department of heaven where you can dial up and I'd like to file a complaint against Jesus. Yeah. He, he did not answer the way that I wanted to. I'm just, I want to tell you about, it. no. That's not going to happen. Listen, God doesn't answer complaints. He answers the prayer of faith. And, you know, I've read as far as customer service goes that so many times people, customers are a lot more likely to call in and complain about an employee than they are to call in and compliment an employee. Has anyone ever noticed that? You know, I mean, if you work customer service, you work at a restaurant or something, I mean, people call in all the time to complain, but it's very rare when somebody calls in and I just, I want to call in and give a, a compliment about the waitress I had today. She did a great job and I just think the management should know that she's working really hard. I mean, that does happen, but the other end of it happens a whole lot more often. Why is that? Because people we're, we're, we're wired Unfortunately, a lot of times to lean towards the negative and look for the bad when in all reality, as Christians, we're supposed to look for the good in life. It's not that hard to find the bad. You don't have to go very far. You could walk out these doors tonight. You could get on your phone right now. You could go home and turn the TV on. And within seconds, you will find things that will probably make you explosively angry, right? Things that you could complain about, things that, you know, and, you know, things that just rub you the wrong way. It's not hard to find the bad in this world. But as Christians, you're not supposed to look for the bad. You're supposed to look for the good so you can change the bad. We're supposed to be changers. We're not supposed to just, you know, be, be the ones to complain about the status quo. And so let me show you this verse here in Philippians chapter two, verse 14. Let's look at that. Philippians chapter two and verse 14. And so, you know, maybe if, if you've called in and, and complained to local businesses 50 times over the course of this year, but, but you haven't called in to, to offer one nice compliment, 
to somebody, maybe you should examine that in your life. And, you know, and, and I've examined, I mean, I'm not the type of guy that calls in and complains, but, but I, I am the type of guy that I'm like, man, you know, this, this server did a great job. All right, let's go. Good, you know, and not even offer any compliment there. And I think as a Christian, we could go the extra mile, couldn't we? Couldn't we go the extra mile and 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 bring it to the attention of management that that, you know, that this worker did such a great job or whatnot. And so, uh, you know, I, I try to go the extra mile. And if someone did a great job to tell their boss about it. But Philippians chapter two, verse 14, this is our New Testament commandment. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Whoa. I'm going to read that one again. I I, I think I am. I really do. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Now, I feel that some people read that and maybe their Bible had a typo and they thought it said, do everything with complaining and arguing. Oh, okay. I can do that. I I get that. You know, because some people, it seems like, you know, everywhere they go, they're in, they're complaining about something. Everywhere they go, they're in an argument. Have you ever noticed that some people, they're, they're in arguments at school. They, they get in arguments at work. They come home, they argue with people. So they switch jobs. They argue with everybody there. And it seems like everywhere they go, there is drama and arguing and complaining. That's not a good Christian witness. Everywhere you go, if arguing and complaining and fighting and turmoil follow you, listen, you're the issue. It is you that's the problem right here. And, and until that changes, everywhere you go, you're going to take the issue with you. But Christians are not be complainers and arguers and debaters and fighters and and always looking for some uproar to get in. That's not the Christian life. And I know this much, that the weakest Christians that I know are the ones that complain all the time. I don't see, I don't ever see people that are full-time complainers getting prayers answered left and right. I don't. I mean, you know, we all have days where we complain a little, but don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about people that are just nonstop negative complainers and, and arguers. I don't see those people having miracles take place. You know, someone comes in and complains about how bad work was. But thank God I laid hands on five blind people and they got healed. But, oh, I hate that place. No. Why? Because faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6. And I don't think it's the love of God to argue and complain and fight everybody. Is it? Did Jesus, you know, is that what Jesus did? He went around complaining about everything. Study the four Gospels and find all the times that Jesus went complaining about everybody everywhere and, and get back to me on that. Listen, Jesus wasn't a complainer and an arguer and, and, and all this stuff. He stood up for what was right, no doubt about it. Jesus had guts. Jesus stood up for the right thing and he would not back down. But Jesus wasn't going out of his way to just make people mad all the time. It did happen, but he wasn't going around just always trying to start stuff with people. And that's not what a modern day Christian should be doing. You know, I remember one guy I was thinking of that I saw him go through a lot of jobs over the course of the years. And every job he'd go to, he'd get a new job and, oh, man, I should have stayed at the old one. This one's even worse. So I'll quit here. Then he goes to a new job. Oh, man, the last one was better than this. This is even worse. So then he'd quit and go to another job. Oh, man, this is the worst job of my life. The last ten were a lot better. I wish I had. And everywhere he went, he said it was worse and worse and worse. Why is that? It's because if you're a complainer, you take a complaining attitude with you every there you go. And you always see the last place as being better. You always see the grass being greener on the other when you're a complainer. 
You will always find the bad in everything. Listen, there's no perfect job out there. There's just, I mean, there's, there's no place where everybody's going to be loving and kind 1000% of the time. There's no place where, you, again, you're going to roll up and they're going to roll up the red carpet and welcome to work today. We're so glad you're here. Did you sleep good? Okay. All right. You know, I just, I haven't seen that yet. And, and if you find that place, dear God, it probably won't be perfect after you get there. You'll find something to complain about, right? All right, I'm not being mean. I'm just trying to help us tonight. But, you know, I've, I've found it to be this way. Complaining is kind of like scratching a rash. It feels good for the moment, but it does a whole lot of long-term damage. You know, one time when I was 11, I went out in the woods. Uh, I was out there catching crawdads out in the creek. Anybody? Okay, all right, thank you. Yeah, so we grew up in the woods out in Indiana. You know, we got some family here tonight. But we'd go out, and there's creeks out there. You know, as a little boy, I mean, hey, catching crawdads in a coffee can is about the best thing you could ever do. And so I get out there, though, and I get into a whole patch of poison ivy. And it turns out I'm allergic to poison ivy. I didn't know that until this point. And so I get into the poison ivy, and, man, I just, like, rash all over the place. And so I'm like... You know, I'm, I'm scratching it, and people are like, no, you can't do that. That's going to make it worse. I know, but man, i got to get some relief. Oh, oh, and I'm scratching it, and man, it spread to every inch of me, and I swole up. Do you remember this, Mom? The summer of 96. And so, I, you know, I, I, I remember I was walking around the county fair like this, and people were staring, like, with looks of disgust, like, oh, my gosh, look at that kid. That, ugh. And, you know, and I was just like, I swole up, because it felt good at the moment, but man, it made things a lot where it just spread my issues even worse. And that's what complaining does. At the moment, you're like, I got that off my chest. But listen, it doesn't stop there. Then it spreads. Then you're like, and while I'm at it, let me complain about the church. And while I'm at it, I think I'll complain about this over here. And you just continue on and it spreads and spreads and spreads. And does it help anything in the end? No. It just makes things worse. And by the end of the day, you're just in a foul mood. And then you wake up in the morning thinking about the thing you went to bed complaining about. Anybody? Holler. Come on. Anyone? I've been there. You know, where you wake up and the first thing on your mind is what you went to bed complaining about. That's not the way Jesus wants you to wake up. He wants your eyes to pop open, your hands to raise up. Thank you, Jesus, for a brand new day. Now I realize, you know, we're not, you know, I'm a morning person, so it's kind of easier for me to, you know, Katie will attest. I'm not really a night person. Come nine o'clock and I'm like, you know, I'm dragging myself to stay awake. But man, the mornings are not my thing. And so we should wake up praising God, man. That's the will of God. We should say, thank you, Lord, for a new day. You are good. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. And and I mean, that's not a better way to start your day than, oh, great. Another day. I got to go back into that place. Here we go. I'll bet he's going to be there again, too. I just know it. And he's going to talk about that. Listen, that's not what God wants for you. As Christians, we're supposed to be positive and always looking for the good. I was thinking of this story that my brother Josh told me. We have a mutual friend that that was a roommate of Josh's. And uh, somebody had given this guy uh, a car. You know, it was kind of an old junker, but he needed a car. So someone gave it to him and he and, and it was like, you know, you can just go take care of the DMV paperwork later. Just go ahead. It's yours. And so 
he drives it to work one day and, and then Josh sees him back at the house that night. And Josh is like, hey, man, how was your day? Oh, man, it was wonderful. I woke up. I had time with the Lord, read my Bible. I sang praise songs. I went to work. I witnessed. I prayed for people. Man, it was it was probably the best day of my life. And because this guy was super positive every day. And so Josh said, OK, how'd the car thing go? Oh, that, well, I got pulled over on the way. They found out that it had the wrong plates on it. It expired tags. Um, my, my license was expired. They, they wrote me a ticket. I've got a court date. I've got to show up. But praise God. What a wonderful day. They impounded the car. It was a great day. Oh, praise the Lord. He is good. And, and you know, I'm like, dude, <laughs> everybody else would just jump straight to the bad things. But all he could think about was the wonderful time with the Lord and witnessing and praying people. I'm like, that's the kind of guy I want to be, man, where, yeah, bad stuff happens, you know, sometimes. But check it out. You focus on the good so much that the bad is just like this big of an issue, because most people, if you got pulled over, your car got impounded, you got a ticket. Now you've got a court date. I mean, that would ruin their month. I know some people that would ruin their whole year. I mean, they'd be talking about that in 2019. Oh, yeah. I remember the incident of 2017. Yeah. Everybody knows. Like, come on. Let's not be like that. And so complaining, it, it makes you weaker. It's not going to help you at all. Number two is this, is that complaining prolongs your issues. Complaining is going to keep you in the wilderness a lot longer than you wanted to be there. And so let's look at, at the best example of complaining in the entire Bible. Let's look at the children of Israel in the book of Exodus. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 16. Yeah, man, who wants to see some some epic complainers. These guys are like, yeah, if there was a complaining hall of fame, it would be these guys. Exodus. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. We having a good time tonight? Is God speaking to our hearts about our mouths? All right. Exodus chapter 16. We're going to look at the first few verses here. But you're probably familiar with Moses goes to Pharaoh and he gets Pharaoh to let the people go. So they finally, after 400 years of slavery, they've been released from Egypt. And and I'm telling you, they had it bad there. It was not a good setup. So Exodus 16 verses one through three, they've been out of out of the. Slavery here for a little bit. They're on their way to the promised land. They're on their way to Canaan land. But look at this. Verse one. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin. I tell you there, you don't want to be in the wilderness of sin. But anyways, uh, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. So 30 days into the trip there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. I'm like, dude, this guy just rescued you for being a slave. I'd cut him a little slack, man. I'd, I'd probably love Moses. But look at this. Here's what they said. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. That's their complaint against Moses. They had been slaves for generations. And here comes this guy and God does all these miracles. They cross the Red Sea. The sea is parted. They go through the entire Egyptian army is drowned as the waters come back down. And here they are. And they're like, 
man, the meat was really good in Egypt. I just can't believe this. All we have out here is I, I, Moses, you brought us out. We were we I wish we would have died back there. Can you imagine that being your attitude? Listen, I know they're not in the ideal situation, but they're just on the journey right now to the promised land. And a lot of people, you know, the journey isn't perfect and what exactly what they wanted. So they they turn on their leaders. They turn on God. They start complaining about everything. Listen, they had to realize that where they were at was not their final destination. They were on their way. And what you need to realize is where you're at right now. This isn't your final destination just yet. This probably isn't, you know, just the, the exact fullness of all that God has for you. You're getting there. Thank God for the blessings that you have right now. But you got to realize that 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 you're not all the way there. You haven't arrived yet. And these guys are like, this is awful. And don't you know that God delivered them food every day? That bread fell out of heaven called manna every day, every single morning. They had fresh food from heaven and God sent a bunch of quail through the camp every day. All they had to do was go out and grab a quail and, you know, anyway, they prepare the quail, <laughs> field dress the quail, you know. And so plug a few feathers and put it, you know. And so listen, they had it made. They had food delivered to them every single They didn't even have to work for the food. And yet here they are. It's not good enough for them. And so they turn on their leader. And they say, we wish we would have died back there. You brought us out here to starve us all to death. Man, the meat back there was good. We had bread every day. And I'm like, man, you've got bread every day right now. You've got manna. I mean, hey, I'll take that. They've got quail. God provided water. You know, several times God had unique ways of just getting water to them. God was providing for their needs, but it still wasn't good enough for them. They found the negative. They found something to complain about every step of the way. And listen, this is going to hold you back. It's just going to prolong the issues. And I'm thinking, don't you remember back in that great land, how it was better back there. And people say this all the time. Well, the last place was better. You were a slave there. You don't realize how bad your life was. They beat you every day if you didn't do what they want. And even if you did do what they wanted, they beat you. You were other people owned you. And you have to realize that the Bible tells us that we used to be slaves to the kingdom of darkness before you were Christian. Do you know that you lived in spiritual slavery? And it tells us, Peter says, that you are a slave to whatever controls you. I mean, I know people that have been slaves to all kinds of stuff. They were slaves to addiction. They were slaves to anger. They were slaves to, you know, pornography. They were slaves to, to stealing. I know people that were slaves to all sorts of things. And I'm thinking, you're going to complain right now as a Christian? Don't you know that your worst day as a Christian is better than your best day as a slave? To Satan, I'll take this any day. I mean, yeah, there's days that don't go 100% how I wanted, but I realize that it's a whole lot better than the alternative. I'd rather be a born-again Christian headed to heaven than than a, a blind slave headed to the kingdom of darkness, headed to hell someday. I'll take what I have right now. God is good. His mercy endures forever. He's brought me out of a whole lot of stuff that I don't care to go back to. And so I'm not going to waste my breath complaining about what I don't have. We need to use our breath to thank God for what we do have. And so I want you to look at uh, chapter 32. We're in Exodus right now. Look at chapter 32. Because as I said, complaining, it spreads. It's going to prolong your issues. It's going to make things a whole lot worse than, than they need to be. But it's going to 
prolong the issues that are in your life. And so the, the, the children of Israel, they complained the entire way, every step of the way. But let's look at chapter 32 because it didn't stay there. So Moses has gone up on the mountain right here, if you're following the story, and he's talking to God. He's getting the Ten Commandments. That's a pretty important thing in, in you know, the Ten Commandments. That's a big deal. So he's up there. But he was taken a long time. He was up on the mountain for a long time. So look what happens. Exodus 32, verse 1. It says, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go there. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, "Okay, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Wow, that's hard to read. I mean, I have a hard time reading that, that they turned their complaints and their negativity hardened their hearts so much that they turned on God. The one that these people had crossed the Red Sea. They'd seen God perform all these miracles in Egypt. You know, the water turned to blood, the plague of the flies and 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 and, and you know, when the, the death plague came through and God spared all of them and their children. They'd seen all of this, but their complaining hardened their hearts so much that they eventually turned their back on God. And I know a lot of people that they've seen miraculous things. God has done big, mighty works in their life. But through complaining, they've stepped further and further away and hardened their hearts to the point where they turned their back on God, the one that saved them, the one that performed miracles in their life. Complaining is a stepping stone to a calloused heart against God. And these people right here, it got so bad that they said, Oh, Israel, these are the gods that rescued you. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good idea. If there's if you read the Old Testament, there are several things that take God off. But at the top of the list was worshiping other gods, which Israel was guilty of many times. But God did not like this. And I'm like, man, your little gold cow here. You made that with your own hands 10 minutes ago. How did that rescue you from Egypt a few months ago? I mean, I mean, it just makes you stupid. These people were saying stupid things because complaining will make you say stupid things that are completely unrealistic. Have you ever known somebody that is so negative that it, it just starts to become unrealistic? They're, I mean, they're getting into conspiracy theories and stuff. Now, they're totally off the wall because they're just nonstop negative. And that's what was happening to these guys. And so Moses is up there talking to God and God says, hey, here's what's going on down the mountain. You might want to go check on your people. And in fact, God was so angry. If you read all this, God was like, I'm just going to go kill him right now. I'm just going to I'm going to blaze some fury down there. We're going to blow this up. And Moses says, no, don't do that. Please, please give him another. And Moses begs because God was just going to like blow them all up pretty much. And, and Moses says, no, please give them another chance. So Moses goes down there and he's like, I'll deal with them. Now, do you think Moses was happy with what he found down there? No. 
In fact, Moses has one of the sweetest revenge stories that I've ever seen. But Exodus chapter 32, look at verses 19 and 20. And so, so he's headed down there. It says, verse 19, when they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. So the Ten Commandments, Moses is so enraged, he throws them down there and breaks them at the foot of the mountain instantly. World, he broke all Ten Commandments at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'll be here. All right. But look at this. So he breaks all of them. Boom. He's so angry. But look at verse 20. It says, here's what he did next. He took the calf they made and he burned it. Then he ground it into a powder, threw it into the water and forced the people to drink it. He's like, oh, here's your God that rescued you. Well, take this. And he grounds it into a powder. Here, drink it. He makes all of them drink their God. And I'm like, dude, that is genius, man. That is brilliant. I, You know, I mean, we aren't supposed to root for revenge, but they deserved that right there. They deserved every ounce of that. He ground their God into a fine powder and made them drink it. Because, listen... He was enraged over what they had done. He had put up with their complaining for so long that it finally turned into them completely turning their backs on God. And don't you know that these people, it took them 40 years to get to the promised land. Do you know how long it was supposed to take? Look at a map. It's an 11 day walk. 11 days from Egypt to Canaan took 40 years. Was it supposed to take 40 years? No. What, well, what happened? Well, God said, because these people have disgusted me so much. This is in Numbers 13. He said, because these people have complained and they don't have any faith, every single one of the complainers, they're going to die off before we get into, before you can go into the promised land. Anybody that didn't complain, which wasn't very many, they got to go in. And so it took 40 years for all the negative complaining people, an entire generation had to die off before they could go into the promised land. And then they finally get there in the book of Joshua. They finally make it there and they, they get in, they, they cross the Jordan and they, they take the city of Jericho and they, they, they're in their promised land. But it wasn't supposed to be that way. That's not what God wanted. And so a lot of people look at that like, man, God's mean. Why, why do you do that? Well, that wasn't God's original plan. You have to realize that a lot of times, you know, um, the situation we're in, we may be in a bad spot, but it's not what God wanted. We did something dumb to get ourselves there. There's been a lot of times that, I mean, I've just screwed the whole thing up and I put myself in a bad spot with my words, with my actions, and I can't blame God. You said you wanted good for me. Why is this happening? Well, he did want good, but I screwed it up. I fouled it up and tried to take things into my own hands. And now I got myself in a bad spot, but that wasn't the will of God. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy Jesus said, I have come that you'll have life and life more abundantly or a rich and satisfying life. And so whenever stealing, killing and destroying happen in our lives, that wasn't God's plan. It's not what God wanted. Jesus said the thief, the devil comes to do that. He comes to give us a rich and satisfying life. But we have to watch our mouths because our mouths will keep us out of the promise and that God has for us. And it kept these people out and some of them Absolutely never made it. And so you have to know that complaining is going to hold you back because complainers are not happy anywhere they go. 
One of my favorite things is when a really negative, complaining person tells me, that oh, I hate it here, I'm just going to move. Yeah? <laughs> okay. And so I see people, they move from town to town. Oh, uh, what's worse than this place? And everywhere they move, oh, I hate Barstow. Don't talk to me because I love Barstow. This place is my... Don't you say that to me. It's my home. I love it. <laughs> I love Barstow. Don't start your negative junk with me. It's my home. And so, but people are like, oh, this place is awful. It's the worst, the worst, the worst. And I'm like, we'll gladly, you know, pack your truck and get you out of town because we don't need you here. But anyway, people, though, that think, well, I'll just, I'll move, I'll move to Texas. It'll be better there. I'll move to New York. And, and people, I see people move all over the place. And everywhere they go, it's just as bad. Why is that? Because when you move, you're taking you with you. And if you're the complaining negative person, everywhere you go, you're going to be surrounded by negativity because it's impossible to just move, but leave, leave yourself back here. But you move to Texas. No, you take you everywhere you go. And if you're the problem, it's end. We have to get control of our mouths is what I'm trying to tell us tonight, because complaining is going to absolutely hold you out of the blessings that God has for your life. God has better for you, but you're not going to get there with that type of amount. And so the third thing we're going to say is this, because I want to end on a positive note, man. We've talked, we've seen the negativity of complaining and we've seen the danger that it brings, but we need to end on the positive. So what, number three is this, is that thankfulness brings the blessings. Thankfulness opens the door for the blessings of God to be in your life. And so I'm going to show you one of my favorite passages of Scripture tonight. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And this is a, just a life-changing couple of verses here. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And so, as we saw earlier... The very first verse we looked at was Proverbs 18:21 says the tongue can produce life or death your words can bring life or death those that love to talk will reap the consequences and so we've seen that you can reap negative consequences with your words but on the flip side of the coin you can receive and reap really positive good things by speaking the right words and we've got dozens of verses we could have used here but we'll keep it right here Philippians 4 Verses 6 through 7, and this has changed my life. It says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Oh, that is life changing right there. If you are in a negative situation, these are your steps to success right here. This verse tells you exactly step for step what to do. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Four things. And then what happens? You get the fifth thing. Number five. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And then... You will experience God's peace and his peace far exceeds anything that we can understand. The King James Version says it's a peace that surpasses all 
understanding. And I can tell you this, when I have lived my life according to these verses, I've been in negative spots, but I've just had the peace of God. So much peace that it was beyond my understanding. I mean, I didn't even understand why. I didn't even, I was, it was beyond my mind, like, Man, how am I not, you know, so how am I not panicking right now? How do I still feel so at peace? And I've got the joy of the Lord, even in the midst of this situation. Well, it's because we did it God's way. Tell you what, every time I've complained, I haven't had the peace of God. Complaining does not bring the peace of God into your life. It brings anxiety, stress, depression, fear, worry. I mean, all all sorts of bad things. But praising God, thanking God for what you have. And for all that he's done, like this verse said, that opens the door for the peace which surpasses all understanding. For the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, to come into your life, even in the midst of the struggle and in the midst of the storm. And this is what God wants for us. And so we have to realize that our words can be used as a weapon to bring about good things in our life, or they can self-destruct our life and keep us out of the promised land. know this much, that opens the door to more blessings. When somebody's really thankful, I want to do nice things for them all the time, right? I mean, you give somebody a gift and they genuinely thank you, does that make you want to do more nice things for them? Or someone gives you a gift, like, no, it's not what I really wanted, but whatever, I'll take it. Like, I don't want to buy that person a gift ever again, you little punk. Man, buy your own stuff, you know? Like, geez. But I think of my daughter, Ellie. I love to buy gifts for Ellie because I can buy her anything and she falls to her knees in thankfulness. I could hand her a new toothbrush and she's like, oh, daddy, it's what I've always wanted. It's the, daddy, thank you, thank you, thank you, daddy. Oh, I love it. Can I sleep with it tonight? I mean, I could hand her a toothpick and if I say it's a gift, she falls to the ground in thankfulness. And I'm like, you don't think that makes a dad want to, I mean, I want to buy her stuff every day. It's great, you know? And, and so that, it's that same way when we thank God, man, when we're like, Lord, I'm not coming to ask you for anything today. I just want to thank you for what you've already done. Thank you that you've made a way for me to get to heaven. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not where I was last year at this time. Thank you, Lord, that I have a family. My kids love me. I've got a job. I've got a roof over. Lord, I'm just here to thank you today for giving me peace in those moments when I didn't have it. I want to thank you, Lord, for giving me joy in my darkest hour. Listen, when you come to God with thankfulness, this opens the door for more blessings to come into your life. And so we can block the blessings with complaining or we can open the door. And so I just ask you tonight, examine your life. Have you been blocking the hand of God from moving in your life by the words that you speak? Or have you been opening the door for even more blessings and, 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 and through, the, through the act of thankfulness? Examine your life. And if there's room to make changes, which I'm guessing there possibly could be, maybe perhaps just a little bit, if there's room for changes... Be bold enough to make those changes. Choose that I'm going to stop this complaining business. This isn't this isn't helping anything. And every time that I'm going to complain, I'm just going to turn around and find something to thank God about. And if you do that, listen, God's going to work in your life. And I guarantee you, if you've had depression and anxiety and worry and stress, that's not going to stick around in that type of atmosphere. Praising God, it gets rid of that stuff. So I'm telling you, do things God's way. Use your words to praise Him. Amen. All right, we better end there tonight. Let's go ahead and stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.